men have the responsibility of leading their families, whether the season is enjoyable or tiring. How they deal with the stresses of marriage and raising children can make all the difference in finding joy and peace. In this episode, Kelly and Samuel will be interviewing Mario Franciscati, Executive Director of Wellspring Counseling in Grand Rapids, Michigan, as he helps us recognize biblical tips and practical wisdom that men can apply to their family and personal lives. This is Together. This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways that marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Samuel Jones and Dr. Kelly Bonniewell. We're going to talk about the old adage of family, right? Uh, being in relationship with your wife, your kids, and how to navigate these things that are happening, not only to you as a man, but also happening to those that you love and care for. And with me is Dr. Kelly Bonniewell and Mario Franciscotti from Wellspring Counseling. I want to just jump right in. You you both are husbands. Uh-huh. Uh, you both are fathers. Again, you know, you have uh, some teenagers and preteens in your house, yeah. Mario yeah. And, and Kelly. You've got some grownups who, who just got married, right? Oh, yeah. Both got right. married this fall. Yeah. What an amazing, powerful thing. You got them out the house, kicked them out, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Um Husbands, right? Yeah. We we are in a season where um, we are trying to navigate um, how to walk in unity and closer oneness with our wives and spouses at this time. Um, it's a challenge for some. You know, COVID was not nice to those who already had challenges with their marriages, who were already working their life away and would see their wife when they saw them. What would you speak to? husbands right now in regards to how to navigate this with their spouse, how to navigate the season. And Kelly, if I could just start with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Samuel. So in the uh, previous recording we did, you know, we talked about the fruit of the spirit. Um, So number one, I think as a husband, again, the real you is based off of that fruit of the spirit because the fruit of the spirit is really about a person's character. Um, Are you a person of character or are you not a person of character? So are you loving? Are you patient? Are you self-controlled with your words, et cetera, et cetera? Um, But in this, uh, another way to, another angle to look at it, uh, and you and I have talked a lot about this. Sure. um, But uh, one of the things I really encourage husbands and wives to do, especially if I'm doing marriage counseling, is that. To love somebody means you're going to be purposeful about it. Um, and uh, and so with that, and again, you, you and I have talked a lot about this. you got three loves, agape, phileo, and eros. And uh, love, marriage love, is a willed action. It's not a feeling. And so as a husband, how are you going to love proactively, purposefully love your wife, maybe even when you don't want to, right? You just had an argument or whatnot. And so if we look deeper at those loves, agape love is commitment. It's faithfulness. Uh, phileo is friendship. I like my wife. Now, like is based on two things. It's based on shared interests things you like to do together, 
But then it's also based on a person's character. I like Julie because she's nice, she's kind, she's faithful, whatever characteristics. And in the last one is Eros, and that is sexual love. Now that's in the bedroom, outside the bedroom. Uh, But with all of those loves, you have to be purposeful about them. So I think this is a great opportunity for husbands to direct, to be just more directive in their own lives and purposefully loving their wives. So one way to do that with the three loves, with agape love, purposefully every week, sit down with your wife and have a significant conversation. No screens, no kids, just talk. It might be about you as a couple. It could be about work. It could be about family. It could be about anything. But intentionally do that. The second one, phileo, is that's your typical date night, you know, going out and doing something fun together. Uh, that's a little bit challenging right now, but just be creative. Yeah. And in the final one, yes, I tell people to put sex on the calendar. <laughs> no, that's okay. right. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and uh, otherwise, it's, you know, just it's not going to happen as frequently. Yeah. And and sex is important because it it's creating physical and emotional connection with your spouse. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mario, what would you add to that, man? Uh yeah, so I, I find it interesting as I was listening to you talk and talk about the love and how so many times I hear people describe that they should have this unconditional love for this spouse. And I wrestle with that. I, I'll be honest with you, I hate it when I hear people say that. I do too. I, I don't know where they get it. <laughs> I do too. Um, um, I'm curious to where you're going. With <laughs> I'm curious where I'm going to go with it too. Um, no, I... We, if you go to and, and read about uh, in Ephesians, which if you don't know where it's at, uh, Ephesians uh, 4.25, it talks about the role of husband and wife. And if you step back and look at a bigger picture, we're not called, we're not called to have unconditional love for someone. Hmm. We're called to have selfless love with someone. Uh, selflessness in our love versus love has conditions. God, we have them with God. Um, it doesn't mean that he stops loving us. It just means that there are conditions, expectations for this love. And it's this reciprocation. If it's not there, then there's a breach or a brokenness within this love. So I just want to be clear about that, right? Um, we are not called to be have our love be unconditional. It has conditions. It ha- should have aspects of ex- expectations. Because if we don't have them, then we have really no understanding or roadmap of how to keep it healthy. But, you know, for us as husbands, we are called to be selfless. Mm-hmm. And to be selfless means I need to learn my spouse. Mm-hmm. I need to devote time, energy, and resources mm-hmm. with her to understand who God has designed her to be. Good, bad, ugly, mm-hmm. and strengths, weaknesses, and differences. And how I can use my skills and talents, what I'm called to be as a leader, to use that as power under her versus over her. Okay. And so with that, that is the intentionality in that pursuit. And, you know, you, you know, the, the COVID stuff and we, restaurants are all shut down. There's a lot to do. It's looking at little simple ways to be creative. Uh, to invest into one another. And it could be as simple as sitting on the couch. I, you know, I, I refer to it as my wife. I will sit on the couch with our feet in each other's lap and a blanket over us and we'll just sh- shoot the bull, just talk. 
um, or the little thing that we're starting to get into now. We live out in the country and our, a block. We do a walk around the block. It's a country block, so it's four and a half miles. But that's our date. Like we love just getting up early and going for a walk before the kids even get up. We have that flexibility because we have teenagers right now. Um, um, but you know, and, and the reality of all this is we're not perfect. We're not perfect. And even in the season of where we're at, one thing that doesn't change is the aspect of our, our being called to be intentional and invest into one another. That that part hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's so good. I like that. Bro. I think about, you know, I want to bring myself and my wife into this yeah. moment, you know, um, Again, the goal being unity and oneness. You know, even Pastor Jeff Mannion has done a sermon series in December about this aspect of, you know, the the, the way of the cross and, you know, the company of Christ. And yeah. he's ended it in talking about just this aspect of oneness in marriage. For me and my wife, you know, something practical that we found ourselves doing, uh, we call it the love bank or love box analogy. Mm-hmm. And in it, like, we understand that there's stuff that we're putting into our bank, our box mm-hmm. all the time, right? Uh, our emotions, uh, our fights, <laughs> um, uh, we're putting in, you know, investments of energy, uh, investments of time that we spend together on date night. Mm-hmm. All these things are going into our love bank and our love box. But then also we recognize that like a bank, you can't just go into a bank and you don't have anything in it and try to withdraw. You're going to get a no from the oh, bank teller. Absolutely. <laughs> right? absolutely. You're going to get absolutely. a, you're going to get in there and they're going to be like, sir, are you trying to rob us in this right. moment? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right? right. And in that moment, I think we recognize that we can only take out of our love bank and or box what we put in. Absolutely. We would rob ourselves of moments and so much more if we didn't put anything in. Absolutely. And I think that that is key in, in walking in just in the place standpoint of being married and being able to be in unity and oneness in this time. Frame. Absolutely. And I yeah. find, I find marriage is so fascinating too, because you know, you're two uniquely different individuals coming together, doing a family. Right. And so, you know, if you believe this could be this theatrical, you know, bliss, you know, always just like skipping everywhere you go. And you know, it's not, it's not a reality. You're two uniquely different people. You're going to have tensions. But also, too, no one understand. I want our listeners to understand this. God isn't calling us to perfection. Mm-hmm. He's calling us to own our imperfection. Sure. That's where the strength and power is. People ask me, what makes a successful marriage? Forgiveness, mm-hmm. grace, mm-hmm. compassion, vulnerability, and protecting those things, mm-hmm. which then you have trust. We're all imperfect, man. We all blow it. I'm Italian, as you can tell. I love to talk. Uh, <laughs> my poor wife. Uh, it, you know, there's a lot of times I have to go and ask for forgiveness because I blew it. Yeah. But there's yeah. power in that. Totally. That sounds good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So that's our whys, right? Yeah. But just like each and every one of us in this room right now, there are going to be those listeners who have kids too, mm-hmm. right. right? Teens, Preteens, young kids, old kids, you know, and, and kids who are out the house. And I want to take a second to speak to them, too. You know, maybe those who are listening are in one of those phases. Maybe their kids are out the house like you, Kelly. You have your kids out the house or maybe their kids are in the house um, right now. Um, let's start with you. Kelly, what are some of the, the challenges that you've kind of had to navigate in this season with your sons or maybe things that you've had to bring up to highlight to them of how to navigate the world that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I think I said it in the previous one, my youngest son lost his job and he had only been work. He had just graduated from college, had this great job. And then 
was let go. And, you know, it was tough watching my son Micah struggle through that. Uh, but overall, you know, uh, the thing, one of the things I value the most is my relationship with Josiah and Micah. And uh, one of my jobs, one of my roles is to um, be a part of their life and uh, be their friend. So, for example, we've had to transition me from being dad to me being their friend. Mm-hmm. Um, even to the point with my oldest son, uh, Josiah, Josiah and I are very alike and, uh, we can, his weaknesses are my weaknesses and they sometimes freak me out because I don't want, <laughs> I don't, I don't want him to make the same mistakes I made. And about three years ago, God and I had a very, uh, important conversation in which the Lord came to me and he said, Hey, Kelly, I need you to just treat Josiah like a grandfather, mm-hmm. not like a father. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I will be Josiah's father. Because mm-hmm. that was at the root of it. I didn't trust that God would be Josiah's father. Mm-hmm. And the coolest thing out of that was uh, right away that summer, uh, God brought fathers into Josiah's life. And I no longer had to play the role of the bad cop. Uh, but also an answer to, I think, in what you're asking, Samuel, and if, if I'm not, just ask me to clarify. But um, with my sons, I uh, periodically, you know, ask them, who, who are you following? You know, are you following Jesus? Are you following, oh, I want, my career is the most important thing. Um, or now they're both married. My marriage is the most important thing. So who are you following? And the, and the other big thing that we've tried to really impress on our sons, which is very cool because now I see it all coming to fruition. Um, in my own life, um, the Lord has done amazing things, uh, especially if you would compare where I was when I was 19 or about that age and where he's taken my life because that's when I gave my life to him. Yeah was when I was 19. And this is a big thing at Ada, but it's always been a part of my life. And that is I've been blessed. How am I going to be a blessing? And the cool thing is now we're seeing Josiah and Micah do that. So for example, Josiah, I can go to him right now and say, hey, how much is in your benevolence fund, your giving fund? Because what he does through fifth third is he takes money out and he puts it in a different account just for giving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a great, I know it gave me the idea. And so we're kind of doing it now. And sure. so, yeah, I think just uh, when you're through this time uh, and you do have adult kids is, you know, to look at, do I have a good relationship with them? Yeah. Um, and in, cause again, it gets back to relational equity, what we talked about sure. earlier. Sure. And that is, I have to have relational equity with my sons. Yeah. And, uh, and if I don't have, and there was a time where I didn't have relational equity with Josiah. And so anything I said to him, boop, boop, in one and out. And so I think this is a season for those of us who have adult kids, you know, to, to look at those issues. 
That's really good. You know, I it's it's funny when I asked you that question. You know, I was already in my mind kicking my ten month old out the house, <laughs> which is the reason I went to adult kids first. You know, um, but if we take a second, we need to rewind towards those those younger ones, uh-huh. right? And, and Mario, I know you said you have three ones between the ages of ten and fourteen. Yeah. That's a pivotal age, man. So, like, for you, like, what kind of things have you learned? And then what kind of advice would you give based off the challenges that you're seeing with your children? Um, Raising kids. I I love my kids, man. I love my family. And uh, it hasn't come easy. I just want to start there. I know you're talking about, like, this season. But to better understand where I've come from, like, I didn't have a father in my life on a regular basis. I saw, I saw my dad once a year or, you know, over summers. Um, I had, God blessed me with like some amazing men in my life that impacted me, but we didn't, we weren't raised Christian we were raised really, really rough. Um, my mom's my hero. Just, just fought for us five kids while wrestling, you know, that and, and alcoholism. And, uh, so for me, I'll be honest with you, the parenting scared the crap out of me. I didn't, have, I didn't have any clue what yeah. I was doing. And it was the most, one of the most, besides marriage, marriage is humbling, stretching my understanding of selfless love. Man, kids really stretched it because there's nothing our kids could could do to 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 respond or reciprocate. Sure. So, you know, it was it's just you're continually pouring in. And for me, what it did was it just revealed so much of these areas that God really wanted to challenge and grow me in. He, it really revealed a lot of my selfishness mm-hmm. and my brokenness. And um, so for me, like, I was very diligent. Like, I, I wanted to be the father of my kids that my dad wasn't. And uh, it took, man, it took work. Uh, it took sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It took continually, like, checking, like, um, what's important for us versus what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's career advancements and not saying anything bad with that. Um, but just kind of checking some of those things. And... With that, it's cultivated a lot of just real depth and strength in relationship that as we navigate this season with our kids, um, we we really model to our kids that we don't expect, again, perfection from them. We expect them to own their imperfection. Mm-hmm. And if we want them to do that, we have to model it. Mm-hmm. Okay? So like my kids call me out when I blow it. You know, it's not me, you know, excusing why or making... It's me being willing to be able to own it and be able to hear them because mm-hmm. I want to teach my kids to have a voice uh, during this season with the quarantines. You know, my kids have struggled. They, they miss their friends. We decided to homeschool our kids this year uh, just because we knew it was going to be. We didn't know the outcome. We knew it was going to be all over the place. And if, if any of them, we could create some form of consistency. Uh, we'd want to do that for our kids in an inconsistent situation. So we decided to homeschool them. But what we've done is if we built into their curriculum, they've had to do research on topics like government and political structure and what is democracy, um, racism, slavery. And we had them go all the way back to Romans to learn about slavery and wow. um, and uh, so we're trying to get, because what we're trying to do is this, and we learned this in seminary. Uh, I remember a professor saying, our job isn't to tell you what to think, it's to teach you how to think. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, the only gift that we think we can give our kids, the one of the best gifts is to teach them how to think mm. and where to go for those resources or information. Um, 
Yeah. That's, that's really good. good. Yeah. Like, so what I'm hearing you guys saying, that's the old counselor thing, right? What are you saying? Right. So really, though, what I'm hearing you guys saying, you're talking about consistency. You're talking about selfless love. You're talking about becoming a friend to your child as they get older and they're adults. You're talking about all these key concepts in terms of being both a husband and a father. Um, mm-hmm. And really, you're speaking to the, a greater mm-hmm. adage of leadership in your home. What would you say to guys who are struggling at leading their home in those in those pieces? And maybe it's a culmination of all the things that you've talked about so far, but specifically that guy that's struggling right now, who's trying to be a dad, who's trying to be, you know, homeschool hero, trying to navigate things with his wife and maybe things are falling apart. What can you say to him yeah. in this moment? If I could start, I, I would love to say, um, you don't have all the answers. It's okay. There's something about us men, like we think that we have to have all the answers and we're the know-it-all. We can fix it, right? It's okay to not know and and accept that and then look for answers, look for resources to try to learn some different things. Um, there's great resources, books. Aid is a phenomenal resource. With, you know, we have some of the best pastors at all these different locations, uh, men's ministry, women's ministries, um, really looking at not doing life alone. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that being a mm-hmm. pattern. I see men do family well. Mm-hmm. They do work well. Mm-hmm. They don't do friend well. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And I get it. And this isn't a guilt thing because, you know, not not all, but predominantly like men are working a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. And so there's this aspect of guilt that, you know, I need to be home. I should be with my family. My wife needs a break. Yes, yes, and yes. But also, too, the importance of relationship and self-care because when we feel like we're completely alone in this, I think that's where we're very da- it's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it very easily becomes a slippery slope mm-hmm. that we we can make some really bad decisions um, that could be counterproductive to what we're talking about right now of doing what's best and how to lead and, and care for our family. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Kelly, would you add anything to that? For I think when we get married and when we become parents on some level, we think we know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I agree. Listening to podcasts or reading books. Um, I'd really um, encourage people, uh, dads to do that. Uh, You know, we should always be in a place of learning. Uh, Maybe you reach out uh, to an older dad and get mentorship in this area if you're struggling with your kid. Uh, Probably one of the best things that I did, and and again, this gets back to relational equity Mm -hmm. with both of my sons. Uh, The I, one of the best things I did purposefully is I intentionally tried to spend one-on-one time with them. Uh, I don't know about You've you guys. You've been really good with that. Yeah. I remember just watching you with your boys and you do that a lot. Yeah. 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 So we would take trips to Chicago or go golfing, you know, just one-on-one where we golf a lot. But uh, when, whenever I had just, when they were little, Whenever I had Josiah and Mikey in the same car, they they were unruly. They were yelling at one another. It was a very unpleasant experience on my side. But when I got one-on-one with them, whether it was just, hey, Josiah, let's go run to Costco and run some errands today. But again, being intentional about that and uh, talking about things and like, how you doing? And 
Um, and then I think also when you do that, when you get one-on-one with your kid, sometimes you can kind of look at your kids and go, I don't like you. <laughs> and, um, and they're also looking at you going, I don't like you either. But I think when you get on those also, and this happened to me really prominently in my life with Josiah and Micah, when I got one-on-one with them, I saw the beautiful aspects of who they are, the amazing aspects of who my sons were. And, uh, you know, even now I can, like, I'm thinking about some trips we took and, uh, and just really cherish those memories. Yeah, it's it, you've been great at that. It's been fun to kind of watch and my takeaway, um, watching you and how to imply that to my kids. And, you know, it's been interesting because Gideon, uh, you know, 13-year-old boy, he's he's like me. He's a motorhead. He loves to build stuff. You know, I love to build cars. He's into motorcycles and a mower that somebody uh, blessed him with. Um, thank you, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just like he's big into that too. But yeah, they're running the errands and the conversations that we can have. And like, he's my bud, you know. Um, I noticed with my girls, it's been more challenging because for him, it's been easy, right? We can have these things in common. Uh, Jaden, I mean, she's just there's so much depth and maturity to her. She's just an amazing, amazing woman she's become. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, that has a lot to do with the investment Becky has done and they just have this cool relationship. And me, I know I, me wrestling is like, I don't want to be hands off. You know, I can't just check out, you know, but also too to be able to encourage and applaud Becky for that investment. My youngest daughter still working, and she's she's a mix between Becky and I, and she's a blast. And she has this amazing creative mind that she loves to go into this play, like her dolls and stuff. And I tried stepping into it. She yelled at me once. I, I haven't recovered from it yet. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, just just trying to find these little things that we can do to try to try to go into their world a little bit, but also to to try to like. Uh, open it up to where they can, they know they can talk to us about anything. And I just really want to encourage parents, man, step in, step in. It's not too late. Try to, try to develop some of these relationships, ask them about their world, especially right now, because, you know, seeing kids, they may not seem like kids are wrestling right now. You know, they're trying to do this virtual thing and it's, uh, it's a toll on them. It's a toll on me as an adult to sit in front of a computer for eight hours to where we're having elementary and middle school kids, but just really, really try to step in and try to ask them and see if they're, how they're doing and um, check in with them. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this has been so rich guys. Mm. Like not only are you guys counselors, you're men, you're sharing very tangible, intimate details of your lives uh, with those that you don't even know are watching. And in this, I think I even walk away from this conversation being like, the first part of relationships is being real. Um, and in this, I also need to be intimate with my family, right. you know, intimate with my, my wife and my daughter to know that, you know, all this adage of intimacy, intimacy mm-hmm. with our families. Mm. That's how we help lead well. That's good. And I think that in this, um, for those guys that are watching and maybe they're not a part of Ada and then those who are a part of Ada, I want to leave them off with just a prayer mm-hmm. for them, for encouragement in the season. Um, Ari, I just want to ask you, can you just pray for those who are watching today? I'd be honored. Yeah. yeah. And hey, I just want to say, guys, thank you so much for this opportunity. I have so much respect for you guys. And like you said, even guys that aren't a part of this, uh, maybe church or 
doesn't matter. Like, still reach out. We'll still love on you. Still love to talk to you if any guys, anybody ever wants to get together. I love to get together for coffee or something. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let's pray. Yeah. Gracious Heavenly Father, uh, just thank you so much for this opportunity to come together uh, as brothers uh, under your name. Lord, we're just so grateful uh, just for how you have continually blessed us. I know this is a hard time. It's confusing. It's exhausting. It's frustrating. But still, Lord, it doesn't change you. It doesn't change your plan. Um, and it doesn't need to change who we are. Uh, we have the opportunity, Lord, in all of this to be able to live you out and impact, impact a relationship, a neighbor, a family member, a coworker, just by being able to, to live you out, which can be enticing, enticing people to want to drink, enticing them to become thirsty, wanting to know. And I just pray, Lord, uh, for all that are listening, if there's, if this just hits, hits a core or, or pushes them into a space, if there's a conviction or I pray that they just, they would, uh, they'd be willing to share that with someone, that they'd be willing to just kind of reach out and connect, um, that they would maybe, uh, grasp or, or connect with a nugget that was discussed and talked about and maybe want to know or learn more. Uh, so Lord, I pray that we as men, would just have this fervor, just this fire in our belly, wanting to know you. Because it's very easy to think that when uh, we have to be perfect to know who we are before we can be in a relationship with you, or we have to be a certain, that's a lie. Like you want us just the way that we are. You want to meet us in the midst of it. And you desire, Lord, uh, to grow us in it. That's the depths of your love. You don't want to leave us the same. You desire to grow us into who you designed us to be. So Lord, I pray you bless them. I pray that you fill their heart and just encourage them. And um, they're able to take this, Lord, and, uh, and apply it to their life. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your blessing in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you again. Thanks for having us. It's been here. awesome. Yeah. If you've been just impacted by this conversation with counselors or it's been as rich for you as it has been for me again i want to encourage you to reach out to us i mean email us at men at adabible.org or check out again our small groups and get a part of a community just like this so for next time my name is samuel jones we'll see you later thanks for listening to together we hope that you've learned a thing or two if you find the podcast helpful please subscribe rate and review us on apple podcasts if you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries, or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, email us at care at adabible.org.